Welcome to the My Life is the Medicine podcast, where we get off the never-ending search for more and take an inward gaze to find how our lives have already taught us profound truths. Rather than turning outward to experts or gurus, we talk with ordinary people and reflect inwardly about the life journey and everything felt, thought, and experienced along the way. Join us in casual conversation and reflective dialogue to discover how simply living a normal life, reflecting on our own life experiences, has already given us all the expertise we need. Hosted by Chuck Hancock, an ordinary human who has lived life in many roles, like psychotherapist, software engineer, school teacher, orphan, adoptee, father, brother, mentor, coach, ceremonialist, and more. Chuck is a weaver of wisdom, from modern-day psychology to ancient wisdom of indigenous and European roots, creating alchemy from everyday modern American life. All right, here we are with another episode. Welcome, Katrina. So glad to get to chat with you today. My guest today is Katrina Nilsson-Gorman and... uh, my hunch is she's got a, a lot of wildness that, uh, that she has to offer and share today. Uh, maybe I could be wrong about that, but uh, well, let's see. <laughs> it's a good hunch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you want to uh, introduce yourself, Katrina, and tell us a little bit about uh, you know where you are social location-wise, who, who you are, who are your people, what are you spending your time doing and relating to these days, and, uh, and we'll go from there. Mm, sounds good. Thank you, Chuck. I am so, so happy to be here. So honored to be here. Um, your podcast has been such a wonderful companion to me hmm. uh, while I'm doing the dishes and <laughs> driving. <laughs> and uh, I've just so appreciated the medicine that you that you really draw out in people. And hmm. it's been medicine for me as well. So thank you. Very oh, honored to be here. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I live currently in Vancouver, Washington, um, Mm. which is basically Portland, Oregon. It's just right across the river. So I am living in the Northwest here, and um, I am 33 years old. Um, I don't feel 33. I feel really old. That's the truth. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I've been thinking about that a lot lately. 33 seems like a really strange number, but that's a different different can of worms, supposedly. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe we'll um, open it more in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I own a small business called Wild Soul Guidance, hmm. and I just love archetype. Hmm. I love story. I love nature. I love archetype. I love symbol and I love how all of those things can connect through healing. Right. And, um, so I try to bring all of those things together in what I do. It's a long list <laughs> what I do. Um, and yeah, I, I am a little bit of a divination nerd, um, oh. which is something that I am. It's kind of a new public proclamation. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, this has been something that I've been, kind of holding in for a long time and sort of coming out into the public sphere um, because I just want to share how much I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And yeah. And then I also do nature therapy and um, I try to take 
people out into the beautiful Northwest woods here. And um, there's a lot of archetypal work out there too. It's everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I, um, I live with my partner here. Uh, uh -huh. who's just the best. I love him to pieces. Hmm. And um, he is a Chinese medicine practitioner here in Portland, has his own clinic in Medicinary. And uh, yeah, we have a good time. So <laughs> I bet. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. I get what you're saying. And the, 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 I don't know, maybe I'm reading too far into it, but like the nervousness or fear about coming out with divination. Uh, is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah. 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 I, 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 I too have, uh, both dabbled and, and trained, uh, uh, kind of extensively with Maladoma Somme and, and his method mm -hmm. of divination. And so I, I get some of that fear, but tell us a little bit of maybe like what led you to this, uh, place of being curious about divination, nature therapy in the Northwest. How did you, how did you get there? So many stories. <laughs> Where to begin? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, you know, the divination thing actually began when I was really little, when I was a child. Um, I remember walking into a Barnes and Noble with my mom one day and mm -hmm. seeing this little velvet pouch of tarot cards. Mm. And there was something about that moment. I remember it very clearly where I was like, what is that? Hmm. Like, uh, that, that is interesting. <laughs> and um, my mom, being wonderful, uh, I, I found it a couple months later in, in uh, my Christmas stocking. Hmm. And um, I, yeah, I, I just started sitting with it and um, learning from it. It was just kind of almost daily. It was like learning a new story every day. And... Um, learning how symbols and myths and stories, they all sort of like, they all sort of know each other. There's some, some patterns mm. there, <laughs> uh -huh. you know, even as a kid, I just loved it. And I would do little tarot readings for my mom. She'd be like, Hey, can I have a tarot reading? And, uh, <laughs> I'd do them for wow. my mom and eventually just for my friends and stuff like that. But, um, yeah. And then later on, you know, I started seeing, uh, these little calendars again at Barnes and Noble <laughs> that uh, had these, these glyphs on them, these astrological glyphs. And I was like, symbols, more symbols. What's that about? And it just always felt really uh, juicy to me. Uh, there's mm. some, there's some sort of ju like juice to it that I couldn't really put my finger on that I've always been interested in. And it's just kind of, it's been in like, the back of my experience for a long time. And then when the pandemic happened, I kind of had to switch gears and people were like, Hey, you should do that. You should, you should bring that out more. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. I, uh, I've been doing that. And um, yeah, I've done a lot of deep studies into ancient Hellenistic astrology and Vedic astrology and, mm -hmm. um, and runes and I Ching. I just, anything that I can get my hands on, um, that has some sort of symbol that relates to nature. Because <laughs> that's really what people don't realize is that divination is very, very nature-based. It's, it's a really right. deep, deep, soulful connection to nature. So that's, that's one part of it. That's one part uh -huh. of the story. <laughs> okay. Um, 
in terms of nature therapy, that is a much longer, twisty, turny, dark story. <laughs> mm. um, I'm not sure where you'd like me to begin with that, but I can I can jump in. Well, wherever you want to begin and, and go, and, and I just got to name how you already brought in nature as both a part of your work and a, a part of divination. And, and when anyone who's spent a significant time in the woods knows that nature often is a twisty, turny, dark uh, adventure as well. So it is definitely part of the territory. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Where, where does your story begin and, and, and take you that you want hmm. to share? So, hmm. I think it begins with when I had just graduated from college, I was um, walking around with a bachelor's in music, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, which was lovely, but I it wasn't what I wanted to do professionally. <laughs> it was something that I had explored as a younger person. And, you know, when we're young, it's really hard to know what we want to do with the rest of our lives. Even when we're old, it's hard to know <laughs> what to do with the rest of our lives sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has been a constant theme of my life. There's been a lot of um, I am a dabbler. I am definitely a dabbler. Mm -hmm. So um, in any case, I graduated from college and I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I had this like deep urge to travel. I knew I wanted to see new places, different places. I had studied abroad and honestly, I felt like that was the, the part of my college experience that was the most educational in a lot of ways, Um, Mm. because I was really looking for an education in people, in life and experience. Mm. And I had grown up in a family that was very academic or like very oriented towards academics, um, which was great. And, you know, I did the whole, I did that whole thing, Mm -hmm. but I I really wanted to get my feet on the ground, (laughs) so to speak. And, um, so yeah, I, I came up with this crazy plan, uh, to go to six countries in six months. Hmm. And, um, I landed in Bali, Indonesia when I was, I think, I guess I was 23 or so, 22, Hmm. 23. And, um, Bali is a terrible place to start your travels. Really? Because you're not going to want to go anywhere else. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Everyone talks so highly about Bali. What do you mean? <laughs> okay. <we> yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, it captured my heart. Um, yeah. And I had a huge sort of massive paradigm shift when I, when I was living there. Hmm. Uh, I ended up living there for a while. <laughs> hmm. um, and... You know, as I had said, I, I come from this, it's, well, it's complex, but I do come from this very, uh, like my family really upholds intellectual intelligence and education. Um, it's a very big familial value. Hmm. Um, and so part of that is very, I don't know, just a very practical mindset when it comes to things, uh, a very linear mindset, um, and I, I certainly have that capacity, but it's not where my soul loves to play. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, and so 
you know, I, I'd been really wrestling with some, some questions during that time. And I had come into Bali probably on the agnostic scale <laughs> somewhere mm-hmm. along that, that line. And, um, I had some experiences there that, um, that still to this day, I have trouble putting into words because they certainly go beyond words. Hmm. Um, but they they really humbled me and made me realize, oh, wow, maybe my worldview is not the only thing that's out there. Maybe there's more to this whole, whole hmm. thing, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And um, so, yeah, some experiences that the only way I can describe... Um, met some people that really took me, I, I call it into the space between spaces. Hmm. Um, and uh, there's no way to describe that, that feeling, uh, but it's, um, yeah, when, when you experience something like that, you start to question things. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Things that the rational linear mind can't quite explain. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I just want to ask if you're comfortable sharing, were, were there sure. any medicines or psychedelics or anything involved? Or were no. they, what, what took you to these places? Great question. Uh, no, it was actually, um, I came in contact with a medicine man there. And, mm. um, and I started going to see him. And the things like he could just look at me and tell me my whole medical history, Hmm. you know? And I was like, what, (laughs) how is that even possible? I I had no exposure to any sort of alternative medicine at that point in my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was just amazing. And he would, he would do some sort of what I would assume is energy work on me. Um, and I, felt it. I felt like there was electricity going through my body. Um, and I would come out of those sessions and I was like, what, what is this? What do I know anything about the world? (laughs) What is going on? Wow. Um, and it, it felt like an earthquake. It really did. My, my psyche was just like, I don't know how to, what do I do with this? But I'm, interested in it what is that thread I can feel there's a thread there yeah and so I just was like you know what I'm gonna stay in Bali and I'm gonna dive in and see what this is all about so I um, stayed there and uh, got some some energy training myself and um, I had a little bit of money left and I still even though I canceled most of my plane tickets around the world, I still felt like I needed to go to India hmm. um, because that just seems like the the motherland of mystery. <laughs> yeah. So um, I I decided to, very pa- painfully, in fact, I, I really had a hard time leaving Bali, uh, hmm. got, got onto a plane and um, yeah, Landed in Chennai, India. That's a funny story with that, actually. <laughs> um, I So I was doing a lot of couch surfing back in the day. And um, really, I, I just love getting to know people, you know, in the uh-huh. culture and really just immersing myself in, in situations like that. And 
I had contacted a couch surfing host in Chennai just prior to me leaving. And he said he had had a place for me. And then as soon as I was getting on the plane, he texted me and he said, oh, sorry, we don't have anywhere for you to, to stay. And so I was like, oh, crap. So I was on this plane from Bali to Delhi, like by myself, like flying into India, not really knowing where to stay and very nervous about that. And um, I put a clarion call out there for uh, (laughs) for uh, couch surfing hosts. And there was somebody who reached out to me. It was a guy. I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, I'm a woman like traveling by myself. I don't know if I should do this. And, uh, but he had, he had a lot of positive re- reviews from women. So I was like, okay. Hmm. And, um, he ended up getting me <laughs> to his place. And as soon as I walked in through the door, there were two American women there. Hmm. And I, uh, one of them looked like strangely familiar to me. <laughs> Oh, interesting. And I was like, that's strange. And so uh, it was, he was a great guy, wonderful host. Um, you know, he was just like, I just wanted to make you feel comfortable. Like I brought my friends here for you, you know. Um, oh, wow. And just so, he was incredible. <laughs> but um, anyways, I walk up to these women and I ask, you know, how, you know, how they're doing, where they're from. And one of them says, well, I'm actually from Breckenridge, Colorado. Oh, wow. And I was like, no way. I spent the first five years of my life in Breckenridge. And she was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, did you go to the Little Red Schoolhouse, which is the preschool there? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, I was your preschool teacher. (laughs) No way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's wild. Oh, my goodness. So (laughs) I really got a lesson in how small this world is in that moment, which I'll never forget that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. But anyway, sorry. I I uh divert from the path of the story. <laughs> no, but... that's an important detail, I think. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, but it seems like how how many people have that happen to them? Right. It's a <laughs> a strange thing. Um yeah. you know, synchronicity has been a good companion of mine <laughs> for mm-hmm. many years. But that was a big big one, so. Right. Um yeah, and so I I ended up hanging out in India, and then I traveled off by myself to this small town, and it was the first time I was really by myself, by myself in India, and um, I don't know how to possibly put into words the <laughs> the overwhelm that that is, <laughs> yeah. um, but you know it's like it's like walking onto a different planet. And really, really not knowing, you know, not knowing anything and hoping for the best. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And thankfully, I was very adventurous back in the day. So I did that. And I think I did a lot of things now that I think about it where I'm like, oh, my God, Katrina, how did you like, (laughs) how are you still alive? (laughs) But, um, you know, I, I was also, I think I was young. I was still like you know, I'd spent a lot of time in Bali and being in Bali is just such a beautiful heart opening experience. Like you can't help, but just be so open there. And I still had that essence with me. And Mm. so it's very, very trusting of people. And I, um, you know, had to, I had some, some lessons to learn (laughs) where that was concerned. Mm. Um, and yeah, 
um, unfortunately, the first night that I got to this town, I became acquainted with this gentleman who I thought, you know, he spoke incredibly good English and um, seemed like a really, really great guy. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, that first night there, I was sexually assaulted. Oh, wow. Um, and the first that, night. The first night. Wow. <laughs> um, and, you know, what sticks with me from that experience, uh, even though it was terrible, is actually what came after, hmm. which is that I had contacted my friend in Chennai who I had stayed with because he, I, I didn't know who else to, to contact. I was alone. I didn't know what to do. Hmm. And he put me in contact with this underground group of women that there are in India that basically are there for this reason, because it happens a lot. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, there was a woman who just like called me. She was like, where are you? I'll come pick you up. Um, and she took me to her house and there were like people there. There was like a therapist lady. <laughs> there was just, it was like unbelievable. Um, huh. oh. Yeah. I, still thinking about it kind of makes me a little emotional. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, the, the love and the tenderness that I was shown through that was um, kind of overrode the experience itself in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, and, but the, the experience had happened and right. um you know, I, I decided to stay in India and just try to, to try to work it out there for a few more months. And I did. Um, and I had support from these incredible women. Um, they are angels, truly. Hmm. Um, yeah, just, yeah, amazing. But um, I was running out of money, so I had to go home. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I went home. And I uh, landed in Colorado and had pretty severe reverse culture shock. <laughs> mm. um, I, I really didn't realize how much I had changed until I came back. And um, I was a totally different person, had a totally different worldview. And I had a little bit of trauma in the bucket to boot. <laughs> sure. So, yeah. um, I, you know, um, the next few years were really, really tough for a lot of reasons, but that was the first sort of linchpin. Mm. Um, I kind of traveled back and forth between Colorado and trying to make, make a business in uh, Seattle and then coming back to Colorado um, because I, I didn't realize it at the time, but I had PTSD um, mm. from that experience. And uh, it was starting to kind of kind of show its head. <laughs> mm. um, and so, yeah, I, I came back to Colorado and um, I was living with my mom and um, her boyfriend at the time. Uh, just because I was like, I have no money. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. And for some reason, I can't seem to function normally. <laughs> um, and I was also in 
like at the same time, kind of in a lot of, you know, how do I put this? I feel like there are good and bad things about the spiritual world. We'll put it that way. <laughs> I feel yeah. like there's, and I felt this when I was in India too, uh, where there was such spiritual uh, advancement and beauty there beyond what we can even comprehend, uh, beyond what, you know, we consider is normal <laughs> in the U.S. Um, but there's also this sense of like piecing out from the body <laughs> right. and really being detached from the physical form. And it's all about bliss and it's all about, you know, all those things. Right. And um, I was using that method <laughs> to try to cope with uh, a very real body bodily trauma, right. you know, and um, what I, you know, what I now realize is that's, that's not the only way to, <laughs> to work with that. In fact, we really do have to work with our bodies in order right. to, to heal that. But um, I was we have in to kind keep of them a... safe and we have to heal them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can't ignore right. that they exist. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So yeah. I was just, you know, in a state of denial, I think in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And, um, Around that same time, um, I had this weird thing happen to me uh, where one night I was sitting in bed and it felt like a lightning bolt just shot through the back of my neck. Hmm. And I was, again, at my, my mother and her boyfriend at the time, their house. And, um, you know, it was like this huge jolt of, I don't even know. It, it was, it was, felt like electricity go through the, down my back. And then I, my hand seized up and, um, I just, oh, I basically fell out of bed and I couldn't use my legs. I was paralyzed. Oh, wow. Um, and I was crawling, toward the uh, like tra trying to crawl towards the the bathroom because I thought I was gonna you know throw up and I called for my mom and she came over and she's like oh my god do we need to go to the hospital and I was like I don't know and so she's sitting with me and everything starts to kind of come back to normal slowly but surely um and she's like, we should go to the hospital. We, we definitely need to go to the hospital. And I'm like, no, mom, it's fine. It's probably just a panic attack. <laughs> hmm. um, because I've had, I'd had a couple um, at that point. And, um, you know, I, I knew what they were. And I said that, but that's kind of where the denial part also came in. <laughs> it was like, hmm. the back of my mind was like, that wasn't a panic attack. That was something different. Hmm. Um. A part of your mind wanted to call it something known and, and safe, perhaps. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. Um, and so after that point, I something really big shifted, and I was really depressed, really anxious, having panic attacks quite a lot, hmm. um, and having migraines, and just like I 
kind of personality changes. Mm. Um, and this went on for a long time. Um, and at the same time that that was going on, I got into a relationship. Um, so, you know, still living in denial land. <laughs> um, and this relationship, uh, just, it wasn't, it wasn't a good relationship to be in, um, mm. in the first place, but adding on all of those other things and compounding those factors, um, it was not, not a great place to be. Um, and my mom kept being like, we need to go to the doctor. Like we need, we need to get you to the doctor. Something's not right. Something's wrong. And she was right. I went to the doctor, eventually got an MRI, and it turned out that I had had a stroke. <laughs> wow. Um, and uh, it happened close to the, in, in the back of my brain, close to my amygdala. Hmm. Um, and um, yeah, I, again, was having all of these symptoms. And then I was also in this relationship that was not, not very good. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm writing a book about this right now Are you? and yeah, um, going through old journals and trying to piece this together because, um, those years in Colorado are very much like a, like a fever dream to me. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I felt like I know that I remember feeling like I was in hell <laughs> all the time. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I don't have a lot of memory of it. Um, and I think I've blocked it out because it was really painful. Um, right. but, uh, yeah, I, I was not on a, not in a good place. We'll put it that way. Um, and then my partner and I, uh, decided to, to move out to the West Coast. Um, I missed the West Coast. I felt like I left my heart there. So I thought maybe if I moved there, things would get better. And we moved out to the West Coast and um, things didn't get better, of course. Mm. <laughs> um, we brought those problems with us. And um, I... Um, whew, yeah, sorry. There's a lot yeah. of emotion yeah, <laughs> with this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, we'd moved out, and I, uh, like, <laughs> my deepest inner voice knew that I was in the wrong relationship. I was in the wrong, mm. like, I, I was not where I was supposed to be in my life. <laughs> yeah. Um. And, uh, yeah, I, I walked out, literally walked out of the door, um, about a month into us living in the Northwest. Um, and I, I was just walking, uh, because I just felt like I couldn't do it anymore. And I just kept walking and walking and walking. And honestly, I felt like I could just like walk to Sweden. <laughs> like I wow. just, I just wanted to, I just wanted to like do something besides being stuck in that, that feeling of hell. Hmm. Um, and, 
do whatever it takes, even if it means walking forever, almost. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it takes to get out of hell. Yeah. yeah. And um, in that moment, I called a friend and I, I told him what I was feeling and what had happened. And he told me in that moment probably what I needed to hear, but what I didn't want to hear, which was right. that, you know, you've been in an abusive relationship. Like, you need to get mm. out. Like, how can I help you? How can your friends help you? Like, we can give you a place to stay. Mm. Um, and um, so I I did find some friends. Um, and I took a bus up north and stayed with them. Um, I'm forever in their debt. <laughs> mm. um, when I came to them, I was really broken. Mm. It was very, very broken, and um, they they never judged me. <laughs> they were just really took me in and um, really loved me for a little while before I could find my own place. Hmm. Um, and um, I did find a place. It's actually the same place I'm still in right now. Hmm. Um, and uh, it was actually a friend of theirs who was looking for a roommate. And it was a, a guy, which I was a little bit skeptical about, but I actually had a really good feeling about it. And uh, he turned out to be one of my best friends. Um, and he offered, um, offered me a safe haven for these past six years. <laughs> and... Um, so there's a lot of grace in this as well. Yeah. But I was well, still broken. <laughs> Sorry. No, I was just going to say twice you were saved by a group of people. Yeah. Like the, the when you really needed help, the circle of the help was there. Yeah. That's amazing. And, you know, that's that's the stuff I get emotional about now <laughs> is actually yeah. the gratitude I have. Right. Um, I don't I don't feel the pain as much. I feel the gratitude for those right. for those people because they saved my life. I I don't know where I would be without all of those people. Absolutely. So. It's, it's not something that can be planned or, or paid for. Um, you know, the traumas are horrible, but that there's people that showed up for you is like miraculous. Yeah. 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 It was, I've been very lucky in that department. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Um, yeah. So there's more. <laughs> there's more. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. you know, I had this, I had this beautiful safe haven and, um, people around me that I think for the most part didn't judge me, but I was also very, very ashamed um, of where I was in life. Um, mm. I felt like I tried to hide my, my panic attacks. I was, um, I felt really embarrassed to be as broken as I was, to be honest. Oh, wow. um, and this is probably my biggest downfall in life is um, my pride. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, there have been people that have helped me, It's be but it's because I've had to reach out for that help. Right. And, um, Almost when you had no other choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, really don't like to do that. <laughs> it's really not my favorite thing in the world to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but it's important. So that's yeah. been a big lesson, big lesson in my life. Um, Absolutely. 
but anyways, I, I was this, this, uh, the, the final kicker <laughs> with this lesson was that, uh, even though I had beautiful people around me, I was still suffering tremendously. Mm. Um, and I had not done, I don't think I had done enough to heal. I didn't really know what to do to heal. And, um, I was getting desperate. I was so depressed. Um, mm. I was massively like just so depressed. Um, I mean, during those years, I felt like I had become f- completely fragmented as a person. I didn't know who I was. Yeah. I don't, I'd had no, no, like <laughs> little Google earth pin. <laughs> like <laughs> there was, it just like Katrina didn't exist. I was just mm. a mess. Mm. Um, and you know, um, so I, I was really at this point having a lot of suicidal ideation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it had happened before, but it was getting worse. Mm. And, um, it had gotten to the point where, uh, I was, um, you know, yeah, I, I got really close. Let's just put it that way. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I knew that I was in trouble. (laughs) Um, I needed help. And so I, I did end up like calling the suicide hotline Mm. and they directed me to go to a hospital. Mm -hmm. And so I did. I took the strangest Uber ride of my life. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, to the hospital. Fun way to put it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, because I didn't want anyone to know. I was totally ashamed of this. Um, yeah. And yeah, like just going up to the front desk and being like, um, feeling suicidal, you know, just really, mm. really ashamed. Yeah. And, um, even with all the beautiful support of people around you yeah. to ask one of them was, was too much. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we gotten better since then, by the way, but, <laughs> but back then, not so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they brought me into the, like the deep into the bowels of this hospital. I'd never been into a psych ward before. And, um, yeah, I was, um, pretty shocked at what that's like, <laughs> um, just like, what do you mean? Put... What shocked you? Well, um, I, you know, I was put into this, it kind of felt like a cell, like there yeah. was a, a lock and, um, there was like blood stains in the corner. <laughs> oh, wow. And, um, like I, was put into like a night, uh, like a, you know, hospital gown and they drew blood. And then I was alone in there for like 12 hours. Hmm. Um, and I just remember thinking like, it was like the first hint of like, is this the best that we have? Mm -hmm. Like, is this the best that we have for people that are suffering? Right. This sucks. Yeah what is this? <laughs> um, and I went to a treatment center and, um, they took me to a treatment center and 
it, yeah, just, you know, the whole time I was pretty drugged. <laughs> so the whole thing kind of feels like a strange underworld opera, <laughs> right. like under underwater opera almost. Um, but I don't think it helped, you know, um, mm. there was not, not any part of that that helped. Um, my mom had, had gotten word of it and she, she came and got me eventually. Um, and yeah, I was so ashamed. I was so ashamed to tell her to like ask her for help. Yeah. Um, hmm. and I came out of that experience and about a week after, um, I remember I still had like the, the sticky glue from like where they put the needle in on my arm oh. and I was just like it had stayed there for 12 hours. So, you know, it like, it stays on your skin mm. <laughs> and like, it, even when you shower, it's just still on there. Mm. And, uh, I was just, just picking away at this glue and it was just like, there is like this tattoo of this experience. Mm. Um, and I just kept being like this, there's gotta be something better than this. Yeah. There's gotta be something better than this for people who have, depression you know mm. i know i'm not alone i know like a lot of the world struggles with this right right yeah and um so that that next week i ended up driving to the woods by myself and mm. um it was early in the morning i remember and there was fog everywhere and it's very mystical <laughs> mm-hmm. um and we have these huge cedar trees here, um, mm. old growth cedar trees. And I just walked into the forest and I sat down with one of these old cedar trees where, you know, it would take like five people to encircle them. You know, they're that big, wow. old, old trees. Mm. And uh, I just sat with this. I felt like it was a grandmother. Mm. Um and I just cried and cried yeah. and cried and cried. And I just spoke to her. I told her everything that mm. I had gone through and how angry I was. I was starting to get angry, mm. <laughs> which was good. I needed a little anger right. uh, about my experience and how people deserve better than that, you know? Right. And... um I just sat there and I could just, it felt like, I don't know how to explain it, but I felt like I felt witnessed. <laughs> yeah. I really did. I felt witnessed. I felt like I could just let everything go and that, that those tears would become fertilizer because mm. something was going to grow out of that. I just knew oh. that moment was a big changing moment for me. Yeah. So and beautiful. yeah, um, fertilizing the forest with your tears. <laughs> yeah. What a and gift. I was just like, you know, 12, I, I spent about 12 hours there just like on my own little, like sort of a vision quest. Yeah. And, um, and I realized how different that 12 hours felt from how I felt in that cell alone. Hmm. And something inside of me was like, 
hmm, that's interesting. (laughs) 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 Wonder what that's about. (laughs) (laughs) So um, that that was the catalyst. That was the turning point for me where I realized that, A, I needed to ask for help and I needed help both from the, the from nature, from trees, and from people. And right. I needed to do my own self-exploration. Right. Um, and also, like, I was going to dedicate my life to helping people through their stories mm. um, with nature. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, I became, you know, I became a nature and forest therapy guide. And um, yeah, and then all of this, you know, incorporating all this little, these esoteric and energy things that I've kind of gathered from my journey as well. Mm -hmm. And seeing over the past few years how they all, they all connect. Right, yeah. (laughs) So um, yeah. That's that's the basic. <laughs> it's a long story. Sorry. <laughs> oh no! Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing it. And I, I have to ask because we we talked about how you had these communities of people that came together to support you, but especially right before the hospitalization, like you felt a lot of shame with these people. Did you feel shame or embarrassment when you were in the woods crying with the trees? No, I didn't. Yeah. I felt so free. And accepted, and um, I've always I, I've always felt that way ever since too. Just I know yeah. that that's the place I can go where I never feel any shame. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's been my experience as well. Is that nature really accepts us exactly how we are? Yeah. yeah. There's nothing to be ashamed of out there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah beautiful. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. What a journey. My goodness. Like, you know, like you use the word vision quest and and I think you're, you're totally right. I don't know that it was that 12 hours, but how many years was that actually from like start to finish? Do you know? Yeah. It felt like a lot. (laughs) (laughs) A lot. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of years. Yeah, Yeah. It felt like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> time doesn't exist in that place, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, this journey of like, you know, just to put some of the pieces that I can hold together here, like starting out like, um, you know, bachelor in college, music major, coming from this academic family, knowing that you needed to go out and experience the world And at first having this really amazing um, heart opening medicine man that can like really almost like see through you, but help you with what you need energetic wise, healing wise to going to India with this chaos and, and, and literal trauma to your body. And then coming back to the United States and spending many years trying to integrate um, that first phase of the rite of passage, which then sets you on several other journeys along the way, um, which led to this deep connection and relationship in the forest with the trees. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's, 
it's been a journey and it's still unraveling. It feels like, (laughs) definitely. yeah, (laughs) I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm definitely still, still unraveling all the, the medicine from that time. So. Yeah. Right. Hmm. My goodness. Thank you for sharing that, that rich story and that rich journey that you've been on and, yeah, I just want to name too that, um, you know, because as you know, and, and other people might know that I am a therapist. I actually did work in a hospital setting, both an emergency mm-hmm. room doing crisis assessment and in an inpatient treatment for a couple of years. And and want to want to name that, like, I think what you're saying is true. It is a difficult, difficult place and a very necessary step for some people sure. at some points in their yeah. journey. Absolutely. Um, And I want to, you know, say that there are people there that are incredible, who do an incredible job. And, you know, I don't think it's the failing of people at all. Right. Um, You know, Um, and some people do need that. And sometimes people have had inpatient experiences that are really beneficial, you know. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. So that's not to discount that uh, at all. Um, I want to be clear on that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But you know, it's not for everyone. And right. for me, it was, it wasn't the healing that I needed. Um, so. Right. Well, cause like you said, your experience was very lonely, alone, scary, isolated. And, and what you really needed was to find this, um, unconditionally supportive community that you found yeah. with nature and the forest. Yeah. And that's the opposite of being locked in a cell, which um, is what we do when we don't necessarily trust that people can keep themselves safe. Um, But yeah, I'm with you in that shared vision of like, what if we actually had a safe space for people to go that was connected rather than isolated? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a big, big part of healing is connection, right? Absolutely. And, um, like there's for it's for whom and when of course right like you said there's right. there are times when you you do need to keep people safe from themselves right um but um there's certainly times when like all i all i needed was connection like you said mm-hmm. um and connection um connection to and in multiple facets right right connection to land like you know i think so few of us really have that connection (laughs) right um connection to land connection to community and connection to self on a deeper level right right and um those are the three things that i really stand behind um in my work but Mm um you know like it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want to put words in your mouth that aren't true for you, but what I also heard in your story that also is true for me is that connection to land, people, community, self, uh, um, and the transpersonal to something yeah. that's beyond us that is mysterious that we actually really can't quantify or qualify or, or name necessarily. Yeah. But but you you did talk about it been a part of your journey. Mm, yes. Thank you for naming that. Yeah, that is a huge part of it as well. And yeah, 
I, I know that I'm personally still in a big integration process of all of those things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, you know, I think soulful healing is, is needed, you know? Um, right. And it needs to be, I, I think it has to be a facet of mental health um, right. care, you know, like, um, not that the other doesn't need to exist because it does. <laughs> right. Um, and it's needed in certain, in certain capacities, but at the same end, um, like, uh, soulful connection is, is what ended up healing me in the end. You know, it wasn't, Absolutely. um, you know, it, it wasn't disconnection. It was connection. And my question is, you know, it's still a question for me, like, mm -hmm how how do we provide spaces for that to happen in right. in a world that desperately needs it but also we have systems to work with right <laughs> right exactly and they're they're there for a reason like systems are important but right. um also where where do we put where, where is room for that, um, I don't know, that relational level that I know that you speak about a lot and that you're impassioned about, you know, I think that's probably Absolutely. why we connect. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. How, how do we do that? That is definitely the question. Cause it, as, as you've experienced in your story, it, it takes a lot of people. It takes a lot of community, like systems are kind of like the easiest access we have to a lot of people and a lot of resources, mm -hmm. but some of the systems are a little misinformed at the moment, perhaps, you know, that don't yeah. take in all these facets that you're talking about. Cause I think it's not just connection on one domain, it's multifaceted connection right. like you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, my healing process wasn't just one thing, <laughs> you know, Why, exactly. it wasn't just taking a medication <laughs> or it wasn't just seeing a therapist. It exactly. was doing everything, you know, exactly. I, I needed all of those things, all of those exactly. components in order to heal, in order to, you know, be alive. And honestly, at this point, I love my life. I am very happy to be alive, you know? Right. That's um, right. So we all deserve that, you know, we all deserve a multifaceted uh healing <laughs> you know absolutely well what you just described katrina like it seems like to be another facet or, or take on on the name of this podcast that it's mm. actually what i think i've heard you say is that living your life and going through all these experiences was actually the healing that mm. you needed as well it wasn't mm. just a one thing this one thing is going to heal me you got healed yeah. by continuing to engage and live your life yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I also want to say like I'm not totally healed either, you of know. Like, no. I want to make know. sure that I <laughs> I make totally. that, you know, caveat, but yeah. You know, it's always a work in progress, of it's, course, as we know. But for all of um, us. Yeah, me but, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're right. Like the that that life um has absolutely been my healer. You're you're correct on that. Right. Yeah. And and I, I don't think this will be discouraging because you've talked about how you're still integrating it many times. So one of my Vision Quest mentors uh, would say that every big ceremony we do, like a Vision Quest, takes 10 years to integrate. 
<laughs> and you've Just had a lot of big experiences. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Lots to look forward to. <laughs> And you've been doing it all along. I mean, that's yeah. part of what your story has been is like, okay, yeah. you had this experience and then you've been integrating it. Then another experience happened and you've been living and integrating it and, yeah. um, and on and on you go, um, which has been also a source of your medicine, which I think is what we started the conversation with is, yeah. um, which comes from your life experience. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if I can put you on the spot a little bit, and I'll help you with this, Katrina, but okay. like you started out talking about your interest in symbol and myth. And as you've shared your story, the whole time I'm I'm thinking symbolically and, and like mythologically. And if 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 I was Homer, you know, back, you know, however many thousands of years ago, like we could be writing the story of Katrina's life here. <laughs> <laughs> that that people might read in school, like oh, in another like thousand years or something. <laughs> we'll name a constellation and make it an astrology thing. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Okay. And so I'm saying that because I, I wonder if you'd be willing to um, just start to think about this story that you've just shared um, from this symbolic and mythological level and or like from a dream, um, however we want to approach it. And I don't even know that we have to start at the beginning, but, you know, just starting with any elements that are like really sticking out and, and glowing or highlighted with you that... Um, mm. You want to explore it like that a little bit? Yeah, sure. That's fun. Um, yeah. Let's see here. So we're going to have to just push pause on our conversation for today, but be sure to come back next week because as always, the conversation gets deeper and more insightful and we can really see the bigger arc of the picture. So be sure to check out the next episode so that you can continue receiving the medicine that our guest is so willingly sharing with us. Thank you for listening to My Life is the Medicine. We hope our guest story this week has inspired you to look closer at your own life. Maybe you heard some of your own story and their story through many of these experiences are common, ordinary experiences. And maybe something about their story was unique, which also might have inspired you to think about how your life, too, is unique. Either way, we hope our story today has helped you to see that your life, too, is the medicine. If you'd like to consider diving deeper into your own story and sharing your story with others, we hope you might consider joining us on a future episode. And if not, that's okay too. We hope you'll continue listening, keep reflecting, and help you see how your life too is the medicine. Take good care, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>